Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Wow. Thank you. Just want to get a good look at you all. Wow. I see so many glowing faces. God's doing something here. Have you noticed? You know how I can tell you are you, you noticed? I can see it. That's why I want to look. Jesus actually said <laughs> You know, Jesus actually said, you are the light of the world. Which is kind of weird, isn't it? Because he's the light of the world. But we are the light of the world. Just like the moon. It glows when it's reflecting the sun. The thing that, about the moon is sometimes it doesn't glow very much. <laughs> Why? Because it's, it's uh, blocked by the world. And so often we get so blocked by the world. But when God shows up and you're actually in his presence, your, your life lights up. And not just the guy standing up here looking at you recognizes it. But the world around you recognizes it. And they're all wondering what's different about you. And it's really not you as much as it's him in his presence. I don't know about you, but I'm loving what God is doing in the world today. All over the world. And he's doing it here. And I'm just so thankful. And I love what you said. I've never thought of it that way. I'm actually going to be, the message I have here has, part of it is Ezekiel 37 the dry bones, but I've never thought of it in terms of first alignment and then miracle. My daughter is our lead pastor. He, she's my boss. She's my pastor. And uh, when she started, she, she stepped out and she said, you know, God has given me some, some things that really define who we are as a church, values. And she said, the number one value is we value alignment over agreement. So a lot of people think we have to agree before we can do anything. No, you got to get aligned. You, you can disagree and still be aligned. And if you disagree with people, you know what? You're very normal. <laughs> There's disagreements even in marriage. I've been married to this woman named Helen <laughs> coming up to 49 years. And we disagree on a lot of things. I'm usually right, but, but we still disagree. <laughs> but what we are is aligned. What does it mean that? We're, we're going in the same direction. We're going to do this thing together. And you see, as we're aligned and even deal with disagreements, God uses those to change us, to, to work on us, 
And I think disagreement might be the normal for this thing called relationships. And that's really what I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to talk about this morning is building relationships that build the church. Why? Well, because the church is relationships. Jesus said, I will build my church. He wasn't talking about bricks and mortar. He was talking about relationships. And the relationships that we build start with him. But because we're building relationships with people, we're taking them on a journey because our life's a journey, a journey from who we are to who we're becoming. It's a journey of relationships, becoming more and more like Jesus because we behold him more and more. Uh, I love the outpouring that's happening right now across many of the universities and states. And, you know, some of the things that define it is it seems to be, um, there, there seems to be no leadership in terms of there seems to be no, no big shot. <laughs> but um, actually there's a lot of leadership. It's very strongly led. It's people that aren't looking for the limelight. They're looking for him. And God is doing something and it's among this Gen Z, not the OG. <laughs> I wish it was among the OGs, but it's not. It's among the, the Gen Zs. And I think it's so amazing. I'm so thankful I get to be alive on this earth and see what God is going to do. Because he said the glory is going to cover the earth. Do you know what God's glory is? I don't know if we'll ever be able to see him clearly until we get to heaven. But what we will get to see is his glory. It's like when Moses walked by, God showed him his glory. The glory of God is the outshining, if you will, of his goodness and his holiness and his, his, his everything. Wow. It's kind of like looking at the sun. You know, when you look at the sun, you really never see the sun. Why? Because it's too bright. You see the outshining and you feel it. And, and, and we're seeing that today. God is doing something like that. And it's changing people. That's the fruit of it. You don't walk out the same. And uh, I thank you for praying over me. And my prayer is that none of us leave the same as we came. You know, I've been pastoring now for 37 years or something and uh, preached a lot, a lot, a lot of messages. And people sometimes think, well, this must be really easy for you. It's like falling off a log. <laughs> the older you get, the harder it is to fall off a log. It hurts. <laughs> but it, it actually gets harder preaching. And the reason is because I recognize the weight of this moment. You know, I recognize that you're listening not so much to my voice as to his voice. And I, I'm, I want to be able to say what God wants you to hear. It's not so much what I want to say. It's what you need to hear. And I'm just believing God. So, Father, thank you. I agree as we pray already. Holy Spirit, you just lead every ear to hear 
to see. And I pray Jesus be lifted up in this place. I pray that we not only worship and sing when we're together, but there's a continual worship and a continual song in our hearts, lifting up Jesus. Amen. And I love that song, I Exalt Thee. That's one of my all-time favorite songs. I couldn't believe you did that for me. Thank you. Of course, they didn't do it for me because they didn't know. But that's like my all-time. If you ever came to our house, I'd sit down at the piano and I'd begin to play a song. That would be the first song I'd play, I Exalt Thee. So good. So recognize that we're called to build the church. But the church is relationships. It's building relationships with God and with others. And when we build it with God, like I said, life's a journey from who we are to who we're becoming. And when we build it with God, we're on a journey. But then when we build it with others, what we're basically saying is follow me as I follow Christ. And it's really hard to follow somebody that's standing still. It's like somebody mentioned this morning, um, First Peter, it says we need to be ready to give an account or give an answer to everyone that asks about the hope that's in us. And that's true. But for many, many Christians, no one's asking because no one sees the hope. Unless they see that our life is changing, unless they see that, that glow, that reflection, Let's say, see something, they're not asking. But it, when we begin to, to move and grow and become, people around us are, you know, let me in on this. I want to know. Basically, that's why Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, I love this in the Amplified Version. This Because I'm a dad, you know, years ago, Helen... Uh, you know, I asked, or Helen asked me, he said, she said, John, what do you think your greatest strength is? And without thinking, I said, I'm a good dad. I love being dad. But do you know what a pastor is? Dad. Do you know what a leader is? Dad. Any, any, male or female, you're, it's, it's the same thing. Okay? We're saying, follow me as I follow Christ. And Ephesians 5, 1, the Amplified says, therefore... Become imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example as, here's the kicker, well-beloved children imitate their father. Well-beloved. When you love well, your kids are going to love well what you love well. Can I say that again? When you love well, when you love your kids well, don't worry about where they're going in life. Because they're going to follow you. Because well-beloved children imitate their parents. So when you love well, they're going to love well what you love well. One of the things I love doing is, is um, mentoring or helping um, young pastors all over the world. And many of them are parents. And their biggest concern is how... How can I be sure that my kids are going to grow up and love God and love church? And my answer is easy. 
you love them really well, and then you love church and love God really well. And I would say that for everyone in the room. If, if you would ask me what, what would be the most important thing you could do, it's, it's, it's love the people around you really well, but then love God and love church really well. And your life will be that invitation to come. And you will let Jesus do what he's called to do and what he's doing on the earth today, which is building his church. But it starts with building our relationship with God. You know, you attract what you are, not what you want. There's lots of, of you know, single people that are looking for all, you know, online or whatever, looking for the right person. They want to attract the right person. The easiest way to attract the right person is be the right person. Because you attract what you are, who you are. And we really get to do that when we build our relationship with God. So I want to look at one verse and just kind of take it apart and, and hopefully let the Holy Spirit minister to us through it. And it's a verse you probably all, all heard. One of my favorite is James chapter 1, verse 19. So James says, So then, my beloved brethren, sister, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. So there's four points, I think, that are really important. Number one, he says, so then, my beloved brethren, brothers, sisters, that's family. And to me, if we are going to build relationships, build the kingdom of God, it starts at home. There's so many, you know, for years, I've heard people say, I really want to serve God, so I want to go to Africa. Great. Why don't you start right here? Just, I want to be a, 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 a preacher. Well, then preach at home. Start where you're at. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus said to his disciples, don't do anything. Wait for the power. Wait for the Holy Spirit. For when he comes upon you, he'll give you power to be my witnesses. Where? At home. Right here. And then out there. And then Africa. <laughs> So really building relationships, building life, building the kingdom starts at home. It's the most fundamental, influential relationships that we all have is the ones at home. It's the ones where they know you the best. Man, don't they? <laughs> Especially if you've got kids. You can't fool them. They're smarter than you. <laughs> you know, a lot of times we think God brings kids into our life so we can teach them. No, he brings kids into your life so they can teach you. <laughs> Hello, anybody? Amen. <laughs> we, we learn a lot more by being parents than they learn by being our kids. But that's because it's this influential relationship and ha have you noticed people don't follow your head? They follow your heart, especially your kids. They don't follow what you tell them they're supposed to do. They follow your passion. They follow your, your heart. They follow what you love to do. So it, it comes back to just build this relationship with God and never get past the place of changing. 
you know, life is a journey of change. And as soon as you start, stop changing, you're dead. <laughs> and you know that change is not comfortable. And yet I really do believe most of us, our whole goal in life is comfort. I, I just want to be comfortable. I just want a comfortable marriage. No such thing. A number of years ago, I, I, oh, I had a, a, horrible, um, a horrible thing happen in my, my esophagus. Something kind of ruptured and uh, ended, ended up in an ambulance all the way to the hospital. And this, this um, you know, specialist was, was dealing with me. And, and I said to him, I said, so why did this happen? What's the problem? He said, stress. I said, I don't have any stress. He said, you're married, aren't you? <laughs> Do not let my wife hear this message. <laughs> but it's true. Relationships are the workshop of life, right? God wants to work on us. So what does he do? He brings us into the workshop. I've got to do a little bit of work on you. So, so come on in here. What's the workshop? It's a relationship. He brings people into your life. Have you ever noticed your kids? You didn't ask for that kid. <laughs> you were thinking of another kid, the perfect one. <laughs> but God brought that one. Why? Because you need that one. It's relationships that change us. And change is not comfortable. I've said this many times, you probably heard me. If you really want to be comfortable, get a casket. It's satin lined. <laughs> Pillows all over. Just picture yourself. Nobody will bother you. But that's not living. Living is change. People say, well, it's hard. Yeah, that's why you're here. God didn't create you for easy. If it was easy, we don't need you. But you're created to make a difference in this world. And it starts with change, growing up, becoming. And it's not easy, and it never gets over. I'm, I'm going to turn 70 next month. And, uh, and you'd think I figured a few things out. And I have. I figured out what I don't know. I figured out more what I don't know than I've ever known that I don't know. Does that make sense? Anyway, it begins at home. Genesis chapter 1. Okay, go right back to the beginning. Verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them. It's all plural. Go down to verse 28. Verse 28, he says, therefore he blessed them and he said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. Okay. I want you to recognize what comes before what. Be fruitful and multiply comes before dominion. Be fruitful and multiply is called family. It's called not comfort. <laughs> it's, it's called challenge. And that comes before dominion. A lot of times we, we want to, you know, have dominion, get everything doing the way we want. But like Pastor said, get in alignment 
means where are you? God put you in the right place at the right time. Do you know God did not get your address wrong? He didn't get your parents wrong. He didn't get your kids wrong. You're in the right place at the right time. And coming into alignment starts there. That's what relationships are all about. I love 1 Timothy chapter 3 where Paul's teaching Timothy um, how to be a good pastor. And he says, he, he gives them some credentials. If you're going to find people in church that you can lean on, that you can build with, that are, that are, are mature, call them elders. Okay? Every single one of us need to grow up to be an elder in the church. Someone that is strong, that is confident, that you can lean on. And then he gives, he gives Timothy some things you can look for. And down to verse 4, he says, One who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. I could take that apart, but it, it starts with look after your home. Get it right. And then he says, For if a man or a woman cannot rule his own house, how will they take care of the church of God? Again, priority. It starts at home. If you can't do it at home, you, 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 you can't do it out there. And I think the world around us understands that. And basically, they're saying, if that Bible doesn't work in your home, don't preach it in your pulpit. Okay? Don't give me all your sales pitch stuff. I'm watching to see if it works. And start with, does it work in our home? Number two, lead with your ears. It says, be swift to hear. Be swift to hear means listen to hear. Listen to hear what? Not the audio sounds. That's important, but listen to hear the message. Communication is about a message. There's a message behind the pain. There's a message behind the anger. There's a message behind the behavior. Listen. Listen to more than what is said. Listen to what you can't hear audibly. Listen to the cry. Oh, so important. I think we could solve the world's problems if we just would start there. Listen. You know, why are they acting the way they're acting? Why are they crying themselves to sleep at night? Why are they acting out? Why are they so angry? And often we don't listen because we think we know. And you know, when, when, when you don't listen because you think you know, is that not me? I'm listening. <laughs> when we don't listen because we think we know, we're fools. And I think that is probably one of the things that keeps us apart from each other. You know, if you think of some of the things in the world today, like, um, you know, the 
the racial upsets and all that. Um, over the years, I've, I have not understood it. Helen and I were just a couple of weeks ago in Memphis, and we went to the museum of the, what's it called again? The, anybody know? No, it's not the Hall of Fame. It's the where um, Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. Right there, they have the museum where the um, motel was and everything. And in the in the past, I've actually been in Memphis. Never had time for it. Why? I didn't think it was important. Man, I'm in this museum, and I'm I'm, I'm seeing. Take you a whole day to go through it. But I'm seeing things that I was a kid when I remember that was on TV, but I never had time to watch it. All the stuff that went on, and I <sighs> never had time to listen to what really was happening. And over the years, I've thought things like when it comes to, you know, races and all that, I've thought, I don't see color. Are you stupid? Blind? We're different. The thing is, I need to see color. I need to see color with a heart that says, I want to know. I don't know. I think my stance in life right now is I know I'm ignorant. Ignorant is just you don't know. But I don't want to be stupid. Stupid as you think you know, or you don't want to know, or you don't need to know. It starts with a heart to hear. You'll never listen till you want to hear. And you'll never want to hear until you recognize you don't know. I don't know. And it, it, this, it's not just racial and color, it's everything. It's ages. Like sometimes I hear people my age talk about the Gen Z's and how stupid they are. Why don't you stop and listen? Listen to why they're doing what they're doing, what they're saying, what they're saying. Listen to your kids. I've heard so many parents over the years say, oh, my kids are hitting the teenage years. Oh, Lord, help me. It's like the teenage years are the worst years. No, no the teenage years are amazing. And your kids are brilliant. And you just maybe can't listen. And one of the things they'll often say is, it's terrible because they never listen. Well, that's maybe because we don't listen. It starts with a heart to hear, a heart to understand. Be quick to hear. Not so easy just to take those few words and put it into practice. I think listening is the best way to be heard. It's like, you want your teenagers to listen? Listen. When you listen, it'll come back to you, pressed down, shaking together, running over. And I think one of the best ways to listen is start with, I don't know, so ask questions. Instead of telling answers, ask questions. You know you can see wisdom a lot better by the questions people ask than the answers they give. I think... I mean, I am an OG, but I'm just learning some of this stuff. And I recognize 
I probably won't be on the planet for another however long it takes to live some of this out. So I'm just trying to pass this kind of on. I wish I knew this 50, 60 years ago. It would have made a big difference in my life. We start with the posture, I don't know. You know, you've probably heard me over the years talk about uh, dating my daughters. I have three daughters. And uh, years ago, when I was a dentist, actually, and God gets a hold of my life, and uh, I'm all over the place thinking I'm something that, you know, whatever. You know, my head was a little bit too big, and, and I'm missing my, my daughters, and I get this idea, and I get home, and I invite my oldest daughter, who is now <laughs> my pastor. <laughs> I'm so glad I invited her on a date. <laughs> that many years ago, but I invited her on a date, and, and so I thought it was cool. We, we went on this great date. I'll never forget it. Candlelight dinner, and then thinking, how do you talk to an eight-year-old? <laughs> Literally, you know, like I have no idea what was going on in her world. So I start asking some questions, and this revelation hits me. Everybody has their own world. Everybody. There's 8 billion worlds on this world. And they want you in. But you don't get in until you want to see through their eyes, hear through their ears. I want to understand you. But when you get in, it is so amazing. It's called relationship. It's the best part of life that you never want to stop. And so I start dating my daughters, and I've been doing it for years. Now I date my grandchildren. The only difference is with, with my grandchildren, I'm a little easier. Like, we ordered dessert first. <laughs> and the third thing he says is slow to speak. In other words, build with your words. And this is where Ezekiel 37 comes in. Use your words. If you see dry, if you see lack of life, if you see out of order, whatever you see, use your words. God says to Ezekiel, prophesy. And I really do think that it, that, that is possible for all of us to prophesy regularly, ongoing. Actually, never stop. You don't have to say words that don't make a difference. You can listen to the Holy Spirit and get a download and then speak by the unction of the Holy Spirit. Speak words that, that, that you know God is wanting to say and then watch the bones come together. And it was interesting because it wasn't just a one-time thing. And I don't think it's a one-time thing for any of us, but we get to speak words that change their worlds. Simple words. Do you know words are the most powerful ingredient on planet Earth? More powerful than all the atomic bombs. Words are free, no charge. And every one of us have the ability to use those words to build relationships. After you speak, do you notice that person has now more courage, more strength? You can see something happen on the inside of them. 
We have this ability to encourage one another. And it's, it's so simple, really. I'm thinking of my daughters again. Um, you know, it's the, the, it's the little things. It's the things that you don't think are that important that change the world. I remember years ago on Father's Day, I got this idea, which basically was from this. I recognize Father's Day. See, when you hit Father's Day and you're a father, you're excited. Why? Because they're going to give you gifts. <laughs> they're going to celebrate you. And I love being dad, but I don't love being dad, so, because, so, so I will get celebrated. I love being dad because I get to be their dad. So on this Father's Day, I thought, I'm, 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 I'm going to let them know. And I wrote them all uh, this note. And I said, I'm so thankful that I get to be your dad. And then because you are, and I wrote over and over and all kinds of things. Um, and I gave them, you know, a card. And they were also thankful. And years ago, years afterwards, um, Angela, who again is my boss and my pastor, <laughs> she's, she's working at the church and, and she's got, you know, her calendar and everything in her hands and, and she's, she drops it and a few things fall out. And this is probably 10, 15 years later. And what falls out? That card. They'll never give it away. It's something that's so simple and yet so life-changing. I'll never forget my dad, who's in heaven today, but I'll never forget the look on his face. I can see it. I can hear it right now. When he says to me, he says, he says, look at me. Have I ever told you how proud of you I am? I think I right, right on the spot started crying. And then he said, I want you to know that I love you. Don't ever forget it. In those words, I, I was probably in my 40s. I lived all my life to hear those words. Some of you have never heard them. Some of you have never said them. But how many kids, how many hearts are yearning to hear the simple things? like that. You probably heard the story, but I'll tell you the rest of that story. It, it was on a Father's Day, and I, I thought, I'm going to call my dad like you're supposed to do on Father's Day. You know, if you do what you're supposed to do, nobody notices. <laughs> if you just keep on doing what you've always done, nobody sees it. You become invisible. You need to actually step out and grab an opportunity. Grab, grab a moment and, and do something that, that you haven't done. Say something that you haven't said. Make a difference. Pour your heart into words are carriers. They're packages. And the packages carry hearts. Pour your heart into, into whoever. And so on this Father's Day, I called my dad and I said, Happy Father's Day, Dad. And he says, Oh, thanks, John. Is he ready to hang up like normal? And I said, Dad, don't hang up. Why? Why? I just want to say something. What? I just want to say I'm, 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 I'm glad you're my dad. I love you. 
There was silence. <laughs> and then this crackly voice says, I'm glad you're mine too. I love you too. Click. <laughs> that night we went to my brother's house, and I have five brothers and five sisters, and there's a crowd. And we walked into the crowd, and my dad just beelined through the whole crowd, got in my face, and said, Have I ever told you how proud of you I am? So simple. You can all say words. What words? Is someone in your world literally dying to hear? Maybe get on the phone this afternoon. Maybe get in someone's face. Build lives. Build the church. That's how you do it. You don't do it by... Often we think it's all the other things. Yeah, those are important, but more important is those words. And the last thing he says is slow to anger. In other words, use your emotions. He didn't say don't anger. He said slow to anger. Why did he say slow to anger? Why did he say slow to speak? Because often we just speak like fly off the handle. We never, you know, like your mom used to told you, if you don't have something good to say, don't say anything, you know, anything at all. We need to stop and think first. The same thing with emotions. Anger's not bad. Jesus said be angry, but sin not. Do you know what anger or any emotion is? It's a, it's a road sign. It's a, it's a director. It'll tell you something about yourself. It's an indicator. Don't let it be a dictator. A lot of times we let emotions dictate when they should be indicators. And emotions aren't bad. I, I, I think one of, one of the places you don't hear the whole story behind it, but in John chapter 15, Jesus has already told his disciples, I'm leaving. Peter, you know, says, I'll die for you. And, and he, you know, Jesus said, no, Peter, before the night's over, you're going to deny me. And then the next words out of Jesus' mouth is, let not your heart be troubled. But I'm going to make room for you. And, you know, this has all happened in John 15 after that same discourse, all read. If, read it in your Bible. Jesus says, I no longer call you servants. Servants do. Servants are all about doing. Now I call you friends. And do you know the word friends that he uses there has, has the, the connotation of intimate, very intimate. Why? He says, I, know, I don't call you servants doing, but I call you friends because everything the Father's revealed to me, I've revealed to you. Revelation or transparency or authentic authenticity precedes intimacy when we open up and we let people see our emotions I think one of the most powerful ingredients on planet earth is a drop of salt water running down the cheek of dad never forget it or mom or 
your granddad, your friend. Let people see your emotions. When they see your emotions, they see your heart. Again, people don't follow your head. They follow your heart. Don't be afraid of emotions. Instead, use your emotions. Be slow to anger. Stop and recognize, why are you angry? Why does that happen in you? Sometimes it's, it's, a, it's, it's a, a road sign that'll point you towards something that's never been dealt with. You need to deal with this. Work on this in your life. But at the same time, there's emotions that are really powerful. I wrote a book called The Miracle in a Daddy's Hug. And it was all about emotions. My, my little girl was dying of anorexia. And I was dying on the inside. And I didn't know what to do. So you know what you do when you don't know what to do? You go to the one that knows. I fell on my face and I, I called out to God. And I, and I just, anything, God, just save my little girl. And I felt like God put his arms around me. Have you ever felt his arms around you? Anybody? Have you ever felt his arms of love? I was crying out to him for her. And he put his arms of love around me. And I heard his voice. <laughs> I'll never forget it. He said, everything's going to be all right, Johnny. He calls me Johnny. Dad says, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. I got up and I had the weight of the world was off my shoulders. But then I, I, I look at my daughter and she's still under the black cloud. Still got that look on her face. I did not know how to get what was in here into her. And she's really smart. I don't know that there's, there was ever any words that I could say that she would teach her or would, would, would communicate to her like what did happen communicated I said come here I put my arms around her and I just held her and I cried like a baby and the tears were running off my face <laughs> she's getting baptized in daddy's love and out of the overflow of my heart I said honey I just love you I'll always love you Nothing you could ever do could make me love you more. Nothing you could ever do could make me love you less. You're my princess. You'll always be my princess. And the world changed. There was a miracle that happened at that moment. But I think it happens when you let those emotions out. First, control them. Recognize what they're about. But then don't be afraid of them. You know that, that miracle in a hug? And I, I, I don't believe you actually have to physically put your arms around somebody. Because God put his arms around me and I didn't physically feel it. I think you can hug someone in your heart. You can hug them with your words. You can hug them with your look and your face. But when you do, there's a miracle that happens on the other side of that. 
I wrote this. I said, hugging is very healthy. It helps the body's immune system. Did you know that? It keeps you healthier. It cures depression, reduces stress. It induces sleep. It's invigorating. It is rejuvenating. It has no unpleasant side effects. Hug is, hugging is nothing less than a miracle drug. It's all natural. It's gluten-free. <laughs> it's organic. Naturally sweet. It contains no pesticides, preservatives, artificial ingredients, and it's 100% wholesome. <laughs> Every one of us have that ability. So I pray for you. Could I invite you just to stand? Could I just pray for you that right now you would just close your eyes and open your heart? And Father, I'm asking that you'd put your arms around. I know there's those in the room that have never felt that love and that holding that comes from Dad, Father God. we already sang about you paid the price already you died on the cross Jesus you gave your life that we could have eternal life so right now I pray if there's anyone in the room that's never received Jesus opened their heart and said Jesus come into my heart spirit of God come into my heart I recognize your presence and I I want your presence in me and with me forever. Be my God. If there's anyone in the room that's never prayed that prayer right now, just say that to God. Let go and let God. I believe God's going to do amazing things in and through your life. This is the beginning of forever for you and many, many others in your world. Keep your eyes on the King of kings and the Lord of lords. See his presence in your life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church audio podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.